Welcome to episode 13 of the Bereans Bible Prophecy Podcast. Today I wanted to talk about the two witnesses and specifically the timing of them. I'm not going to get into who they are. There's plenty of discussion about that. But I've, I was looking at various things and it, you know, one thing I always look for is what's a common point that I can use to uh, as an anchor that might lead me to see something else, where to put another piece of the puzzle. And so I spent a few days on the timing of the two witnesses, and uh, I wanted to look at it in a from a different perspective. And there's, from what I've seen, it's either the first half or the second half of the 70th week. It says their witness is 1,260 days. And again, all of this is uh, based on that they are true, living, breathing witnesses and prophets and not some symbolic thing. I've I've seen many of those, and uh, again, they might be true. I just, I don't see any indication to spiritualize these individuals and all the minutiae about their, the way they die, the things they do and all that. People just uh, make statements of fact about all these things that are spiritualized without any proof whatsoever uh, corroborating. So I'm basing this on a literal, these are two people, two men, and uh, certainly they're uh referred to as the two olive trees and various other symbolic names, but uh, I'm taking them to be two living, breathing men. So on to the timing. It's first week and se- uh, first half and second half. And I've looked at the second half and I just, I don't see any way whatsoever timing wise that their resurrection at the end of the week and everything that they do jives time-wise. I don't see how that's even possible. And for that reason, it's always the first half, which makes their uh, deaths by the beast out of the abyss and their resurrection the midpoint. And you can go to Daniel and see some other things that it, it pretty much makes sense in that time slot, but I wanted to force myself to look at these in a different way. Is there another way to see their ministry, even though it is 1260 days and the temptation is great to make it first half versus second half, I wanted to look, is there any other way this could match up in the 70th week? And one of the things that I saw well, a couple of things were obviously they're resurrected. These guys are saints. They've performed uh, their job. It's been finished. They're slain. They stay in the street three and a half days. And then uh, there is a verse or two that describes the event as they're raised, like voices and thunder and lightning and earthquake and a resurrection and specifically what i was looking at is revelation 6 12 and 
chapter 11, verse 13, and they both mention an earthquake, or I believe a great earthquake. And I was just curious, could these be the same event? Because they are martyrs, and the sixth seal is where you see not only the rapture, uh, if you believe in the rapture, uh, of living saints, but preceding them, you would see the the rapture or the raising of all the saints prior to them who've gone on, uh, who've, who are asleep, in Paul's words. And uh, so I want to read those two verses to you. I've, and I've put my email on all the episodes now. Uh, if you look at the show notes, uh, where you get wherever you get the podcast, you'll see my email. What I'm looking for are ideas out of the box or uh, perspectives that nobody has l- looked at or publicized before because there's bookshelves full of the timing and who they are and all this stuff. Some backed up with more proof than others. And again, I'm not, con- I'm not, uh, I'm not looking to make this case, but I'm just trying to look at all possible options of where the witnesses ministry might overlay on the 70th week. So let me read Rev six, twelve first. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal and lo, there was a great earthquake and the sun became black as sackcloth of hair and the moon became as blood and the stars of heaven fell unto earth, the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs when she is shaken of a mighty wind and the heaven departed as a scroll when it rolled together and every mountain and island were moved out of their places and the kings of the earth and the great men of and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens and in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the Lamb. And Revelation eleven, thirteen, And the same hour there was a great earthquake, and in the tenth part, that's strange there, and the tenth part of the city, not a tenth part, uh, Make a note there. We need to look at the Greek there. I just saw that. And the tenth part of the city fell. In the earthquake were slain of men seven thousand, and remnant were affrighted and gave glory to the God of heaven. Now get this. And the second woe is past, and behold, the third woe cometh quickly. So traditionally, when you look at the seals, and the trumpets and the bowls and the woes, the uh, the woes are, you know, typically they're always taking taken sequentially, and you would be well deep into the seventieth week is the assumption uh, when you start seeing a timing of the woes traditionally. Now, ra- uh, back to 
just something I'm throwing out there for you guys to think about. Rather than the witnesses being raised at the midpoint and assuming, you know, a pre-wrath model, which is what I believe right now, I believe has has the most scriptural uh, backing for a pre-wrath rapture would uh, we, we tend to hear that the great tribulation begins at the midpoint and moves forward some unknown amount of time at which point it is cut short by the Lord and the at the sixth seal the rapture and the raising the raising of the dead preceding the raptured or all of that being the rapture uh, and those saints who who are still alive would be rescued and the the great tribulation is cut short now what i'm proposing is what if the earthquake in revelation 612 which is part of the sixth seal if you go back and overlay revelation 6 across matthew 24 Mark 13, Luke 21, and then we look at Revelation 11, 13. Is it possible that those are the same earthquakes and that the same resurrection takes all the saints and uh, living and dead? The same rapture resurrects and raptures all saints, including the two witnesses. Um, I'm just throwing that out there for you to research, look at, and if you've got, uh, if you find something that really makes sense, email me. I'd love to hear it, um, uh, or read it. Any other scripture you might find that ties these, this timing together. I'm not saying this is the case. I'm just throwing it out there. Um, also wanted to bring up because I'm looking at earthquakes, when you look at Revelation and you see how the earthquakes are described, um, there's there's one I want to show you in Revelation 16, 18, and it, it states, and there were voices and thunders and lightnings, and there was a great earthquake, get this, such as was not since men were upon the earth so mighty an earthquake and so great. And the great city was divided into three parts, and the cities of the nations fell, and great Babylon came in remembrance before God to give unto her the cup of the wine of the fierceness of his wrath. Now catch this. And every island fled away, and the mountains were not found. And there fell upon men a great hail out of heaven, every stone about the weight of a talent and of, and men blaspheme God because of the plague of the hell for the plague thereof was exceeding great. Now, when you see that phrase about the earthquake, all the islands and the mountains were not found or all, every island fled away and the mountains were not found. It's pretty much hard to do that more than once. And I beheld when he had opened the sixth seal, and lo, there was a great earthquake, and the sun became black, 
as sackcloth of hair, and the moon became as blood, and the stars of heaven fell unto the earth, even as a fig tree casteth her untimely figs, when she is shaken of a mighty wind, and the heaven departed as a scroll when it rolled together, when it is rolled together, and every mountain and island were moved out of their places. That is pretty hard to do more than once. And it follows on, and the kings of the earth and the great men and the rich men and the chief captains and the mighty men and every bondman and every free man hid themselves in the dens in the rocks of the mountains and said to the mountains and the rocks, fall on us and hide us from the face of him that sitteth on the throne and from the wrath of the lamb for the great day of his wrath is come and who, who is able to stand? I'm sure people have looked at this before and they've got their reasons why they aren't the same. But to me, Revelation 16, 18 is the same event uh, in Revelation 6, 14. Every mountain and island were moved out of their places. And then verse 16, 20, and every island fled away and the mountains were not found. That, how does that happen twice? I know I'm repeating myself. But uh, it's obvious the reading of Revelation is not sequential, except only in small portions. And we're probably seeing an overall summary. Certainly Revelation 6 is an overall summary. Uh, I haven't seen Revelation 16 it doesn't look like it fits under that summary, but I don't see how it couldn't be the same event. So I'll just throw that out for you uh, and look forward to any kind of comments on studies and thoughts you've had on this. Uh, I've read one guy, Mike J. Bird, I think it's B-Y-R-D on Amazon. He's written about this. And he presents, he covers the material very well. I need to go back and reread his take on this. It's very complicated and people just rush in and they've got their theories. And again, so easy to miss because it is so complex and uh, easy to get off on a tangent. Now, uh, just another random thought that I'll leave you with, and this has nothing to do with what I previously talked to you about, but just had this, I was in my digging of research and material, listen to lots of videos and read lots of snippets and see so many people, you know, off on the Nephilim stuff and other things. And again, they've got one or two verses and they can produce 40 videos all based on that subject matter, which is mind blowing, but, or, or Trump is the antichrist or Erdogan's the antichrist or Assad is the antichrist. And again, maybe they are, but you know, often the point people want to make about the antichrist and assuming his head wound or death is literal and that he comes back to life they they tend to pick these guys out of history whether it's nimrod in the nephilim crowd or or hitler uh you know and that and certainly hitler 
even today, the most uneducated person knows who Hitler is or, you know, by some form of uh, public education. But the reason I'm touching on this is they tend to make a big deal about the verse where it says, and the world was astonished, you know, because he had come back, you know, and there's a lot of people who tend to play it up because of who that person is. Like, say it's, you know, people today saying it's Trump or Erdogan or blah, blah, blah. Nimrod, again, the Nephilim crew. And in the context of that verse, the world isn't astonished by who comes back from the dead. They are astonished that that person came back from the dead. So it doesn't matter if that guy's a nobody. Now, he will certainly, it appears that he's going to be very successful uh, in his military campaigns. And it looks like on behalf of Israel, based on Daniel, and, and part of the reason why Israel will certainly embrace him. But they, the world will be astonished because a human being who's, who died and, and appears to be a violent manner is now alive. And, uh, and if you, if you uh, read a lot of Chris White's research on Jewish writings and things, uh, I believe this Messiah ben Joseph or Messiah ben David, whichever one, uh, it, it's almost as if it's a, an act of a martyr to give their life on behalf of Israel. And so just wanted to stress that point because I've, I know I probably repeat myself many times, but I'm, I'm running through so much content and they emphasize areas that just aren't there. One of which is, Oh look, Hitler's alive. That is not what's going to draw astonishment from the world. It is going to be, Oh my gosh, this person that we just saw was dead and now they're alive again. And based on all the other things that they have done in their past, the calling down of lightning and all the other signs and wonders. I mean, what else is left except coming back from the dead that would convince people that uh, you are God and Anyway, I don't know where that fits. Uh, also make one other note that I was thinking about the Antichrist, and that is because so many people are, are naming somebody today, uh, and you see it, and I just I want to draw back the reins and say, you know, you can't do that because I, I think, you know, I don't know that I've got any scripture, but my gut feeling is this is going to be the the presentation of the Antichrist as he's building up to this. And certainly once he starts throwing signs around, he's gonna his fame will grow. But uh but for now, until he reveals himself, I'm treating this like Samson where you know, as a kid and you hear the, the stories of Samson, you always seem drawn as this big brutish guy. And 
I don't believe that's the case. When you read scripture, when you read the story in Judges, his enemies wanted to know the secret to his physical strength, which tells me there was nothing physical in his appearance that would lead anyone to think that he had great strength. Why else did they go to all this? I mean, if he, if this dude was just cut with tons of muscle, you know, they would have just thought, okay, yeah, I'm, I'm going to stay away from him because he'll crush me. But uh, when you see just a normal looking guy with supernatural strength, and if you read Judges, it'll say, and the spirit of the Lord fell on him and he would do these things. And um, so there's nothing about Samson physically from a distance that you would go, yep, that dude is strongest man in the world. Nothing at all. Likewise, you can look at all the leaders of the world, good and bad, right now, and I don't think you've got any any scriptural backing to say that's the dude right there. That's it. Now, there are guys I'm keeping my eyes on because, look, if you've got a ten-headed beast and all these other kingdoms, there's certainly going to be roles to be filled by world leaders. And I'm sure they're going to be dynamic personalities. Uh, they will, you know, it appears that two or three will be crushed or three will be taken out by the Antichrist or the little horn. Um, so there are certainly actors and roles to be filled. And that's the reason I look at, you know, just the comings and goings of world leaders. But you got to recognize We've seen countries turn on a dime overnight and their leader is gone. So all these, you know, people will write a book on Erdogan is the Antichrist. And the next thing you know, 48 hours, the dude's gone. So I think it's futile to try and pinpoint people. And yet I see it daily. That That's discouraging. Anyway, I, I hate ranting, uh, but... I can't help it, I guess. I'll uh, check you on the next episode. Please email me if you've got any uh, real scriptural research that uh, that is worth looking into. Uh, I'll definitely check it out. Thank you. See you later.